Indie, rock, and alternative. 2XM. This programme is made with the support of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee. Independence Day. Hello, I'm Alan, and for the last few weeks I've been exploring the independent and underground music scene in Ireland, and the name of this series is Independence Day. On today's show, a record label set up by two Irish DJs, producers and promoters, Welfare and Rob DC. Rua Sound is the name of the label, and it's focused on the rhythm and sounds joining the worlds of jungle, hip-hop, footwork, drum and bass and grime. I met Welfare to discuss the label and how he started out in electronic music. I was kind of into dance music uh, from about 11 or 12. And then I remember a friend of mine, Chris, who's in, still in metal bands, I think, in Dublin. He, his brother gave him a copy of Leftism on cassette. And Chris wasn't really that into electronic music. And I don't know how he thought. Maybe I'd been, I'd been listening to trance, I think. And uh, he gave me the tape. He said, you might like this. And I heard... As a distinct recollection, I heard Song of Life by Leffield and when the kick drum drops in about like two and a half minutes, I just kind of was kind of hooked on beats and then I heard The Jilted Generation by Prodigy and that just blew my mind. Then I kind of got back into into trance actually then for a few years in the, late ni- in the mid-90s and we were, you know, we were taping tracks off the radio and yeah. making little kind of ramshackle mixtapes and swapping them around and... Yeah, just from from there, I guess going out and clubbing and whatever, and um, didn't really get in, involved, I suppose, until maybe two thousand and five. I think I got back from Australia, and I'd been kind of watching DJs playing when I was out clubbing. Kind of wanted to give it a go because I was really into the music, and I just kind of liked the way they were. Certain DJs would just kind of create a kind of an atmosphere, you know. So. Was playing, just started playing house parties and uh, collecting records. Here we are.
Rua Sound started out in 2015. Welfare tells me about the origins. I'd kind of been toying with the idea of starting a label for a few years. Um, myself and a, uh, a chap called Aidan O'Brien, who's a very talented producer, we, we had a production duo in, in the late noughties called Subversus. And we had then, uh, we decided that we'd start a label, like with a mixture of dubstep and kind of drum and bass jungle music called Subversion Recordings. Uh, unfortunately, Aiden then uh, got uh, kind of quite quite sick and just we weren't able to continue with the, with the project. Um, and that's actually where Subversion Sound System gets its name from that project. But then a few years later, I'm trying to remember, um, kind of still was toying with it. It was kind of one of those things, like I was saying, a jack of all trades. I kind of I kind of wanted to do it, hadn't done it, and uh, there was. We were, it was quite an exciting time for this uh, kind of, like I said, this hybridized form of drum and bass music. And there was people like Om Unit and Fracture, Cosmic Bridge, Astrophonica. There was a couple of labels, not many labels, but there was a couple of labels were really putting out really interesting stuff. And I kind of, through the Get Busy project with, with Dion, Laura and, and Dara, uh, I met kind of a few of those guys and Sam Binga as well. And... It just seemed like a good time because I had a bit of access to the, to the producers, uh, which isn't easy when you're living over here, uh, as opposed to being in, in the UK. And a bit of access. I, I was getting a lot of unreleased music from my DJ sets from producers for the previous few years. So it kind of just made sense to, then to kind of go, OK, well, if you have that kind of access and you really like these tunes, then why not try and get them out there and help the producers get their music out? And then there was a guy, one of my favorite producers, Sully. Um, I brought him over. He'd just started DJ and he's been producing for over 10 years. But in like 2013, he was starting to DJ. <clears throat> so we were doing a Jungle Boogie tour and brought Sully over. And about two weeks later, I just asked him, would you, would you be able to send me some tracks? I'm starting a label. And he sent me some tracks and then we worked on them. They weren't done straight away. He's a sublime producer, and we worked on those. Those two got done. Then Rob, Rob had gotten on board at this stage prior to the label starting, um, with his like myriad of skills. He's a very uh, adept chap, and got the first record out, which was tough going, you know, because you're learning all the ropes. There's a lot of people to talk to and a lot of stages in the process. I mean, it takes months, like just to get one record out, really. And uh, got that out and it sold out, which kind of was a really good launch for us. And eternally indebted to Sully, really, for taking a chance on us because, you know, he's associated with much bigger labels. But he's that kind of guy, like he just said, he liked the vibe over here when we took him around, showed him around, and, you know, he enjoyed the party. <laughs> so I guess that, that got, got us going. And,
Cause me a youth man, me a something special He say me higher than the general Rock, rock, Can't stop youth man again No, 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 cause me got me credential Man say, say me got me credential Man say, cause this a youth man promotion One of the first few releases on the label was by Touchy Subject, a project by Stephen Rains. I spoke to him on the phone and asked him when he's writing a track if he decides to consider it for a DJ or for home listening. Um, well, as Touchy Subject, which is what I produce as, that's more, that is more aimed at standing up and dancing. So something that will impact, I suppose it's years of going to clubs and being inspired by a tune and thinking, wow, someone's done that. So the touchy subject stuff, when I make it, I'll stand up and try and dance around to it. And if it's making me move, I'm pretty sure it's going to make some other people move as well. Rather than just sat down in a chair slumped over. Um, so yeah, I suppose it's that sort of thing. Welfare and Rob are both in different countries running the label, so how do they divide the workload? We, we, we mix and match a lot of the responsibilities. Uh, you know, I, I would tend to, I would talk a little bit more with the producers on the production side because I do occasionally produce and I have a, a, a little bit more knowledge of the technical aspects. And then Rob is very experienced in kind of marketing and kind of logistics and holding things together, which is a key skill. Because we deal with distributors, we have it. We have a distributor in London. We barely touch the stock ourselves, so the stock goes worldwide to physical and online stores around the world. So we deal with them. We deal with um, obviously artwork guys. We deal with the producers. We deal with um, some direct sales on Bandcamp. We deal with obviously promotional tours for our artists. So then we're dealing with promoters. Um, we deal with a vinyl broker as well, who kind of brokers deals with the plant that we use. We deal with mastering engineers who master the tunes. So there's a lot of people in the mix, and yeah. between the two of us, we kind of we get through it. But like, there's no, I guess there's no like real strict division of labour, but it just flows. And then sometimes Rob is really busy, like he doesn't live in Ireland. And some of the time I don't live here either, but we're kind of constantly in contact every day about various pro various releases or tours or whatever that are at certain levels of gestation. And it's all in advance, like a few months in advance, generally like four or five months in advance, everything is kind of ticking over. Um, so it just flows. Thomas Rolls, who records and DJs under the name of TMSV, has been involved with electronic music for many years. I asked him about the changes he's seen. 
I guess um, the the focus has shifted from. Um, I guess I guess, you know, it used to be that you could just be an independent artist for a while and you'd release music and you'd sell like maybe a couple of thousand copies of you know physical music. Maybe you'd end up on like some commercial. Uh, compilation CDs, that kind of stuff, or uh, you know, get some uh, get some placements here and there on on ads, and you could make it reasonably big in the underground and live off of that. And I think these days you have to be a bit more sensible about that because um, you know, being an, an independent artist in in 2019 means you kind of have to be realistic about where your money comes from. And you know, the way I do it is I release music and I play gigs and I tour, but I also teach people how to make electronic music. I do live streams, tr- you know, trying to find new avenues into new media, um, you know, stuff like sound design and sample packs and that kind of thing. So I guess the big change ever since I started with, I mean, it's it's not that long ago. I started after vinyl was a still a sustainable thing, I, I guess. But I think that the big change has been the... Um, the feasibility of having an actual career in, mu- in, in just music, if that makes sense. Something that I've asked all of the record label owners is about making money from the business. Welfare gives his opinion on it. Yeah, you have to be a jack of all trades, I guess. I mean, like a lot of people who have been on in these kind of music scenes long term, be it electronic or punk or metal or whatever kind of peripheral scenes, have been probably put on gigs, played in bands or been a DJ. Um, you know, I guess like they've, they've done a lot of different things. Maybe like even started off handing out flyers or, you know, you'd have to, if you want to make 
if you want to try and limit the financial burden, you have to be as DIY as possible. Yeah. Cut, cut corners. But if you love the music, then that's easy. TMSV has released on a few different record labels, but is there a difference between these labels? Yeah, I think so. I think every label, if, if it's not their own sound, it's at least like their own ethos or their own vibe, um, an idea behind releasing the music or how the music should sound or, how, or uh, you know, what the music is for, for example. If I do a release with Cosmic Bridge, I'm way less focused on the dance floor, I guess, and a bit more on the combination, like the, that midway between the dance floor and listening at home. And stuff with Article is much more, you know, dance floor is sound system based. And, you know, that's, um, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it does depend on the label. And the way I usually work is I, I kind of make a lot of tunes in a couple of months time where I'm, where I'm really inspired. And then later on, as I revisit those tunes and approach labels with them, or if labels approach me, I kind of start to see which type of music fits where and I base, you know, what to send on that feeling. Welfare told me how he discovers new sounds to release on Rua Sound. A lot, of, a lot of times it'll be in radio shows, maybe in mixes that producers put up. I'll be ke- keeping tabs on a lot of different producers all the time. Also messaging guys every so often, going anything new on the cooker. Uh, people will be sending you demos a lot. Like we have uh, a, a web address that we are an email address that we get a lot of demos and dubs every week, which is great actually, because now they're, they're coming in regularly now. We don't have to chase just as hard. But the thing is, unfortunately, like the music comes first, but to, 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 to sell vinyl, sometimes an artist does need a bit of a profile as well. So there's a lot of considerations to it. Like, you know, if the music is, is good enough, it doesn't matter to us who the artist is. We've released artists already who it was their first record or the second record or first proper vinyl release or whatever, first EP of their own stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just constantly trying to stay on, on, on tabs, what's going on. And again, being at a little bit of a geographical disadvantage because we, we might not necessarily be as exposed as people in, in, in the UK who are kind of in the clubs 
and hearing DJs who are playing stuff they've been sent that's unreleased in clubs and you know you can just go up and ask them you know who, who's that track by and they'll tell you and then you'll get in touch with that person and be like I heard that an unreleased track of yours and then you'll just strike up a conversation so a lot of times I'll send emails to guys I've had I've had very long internet relationships with people I've never met like yeah. you know that I would consider kind of good friends now Electronic music labels and artists rely on support from DJs to promote their tracks. Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, if we have a release coming up, like we have a record coming out next week, uh, our seventh on, on Rua Sound. We have another label now actually called Foxy Jangle as well that puts out Jungle. But this is the seventh record. So for taking that for an example, I mean, we've been over and back with the producers for about a year, getting this record together and getting the remixers in. And then, yeah, about... Maybe six weeks ago, then we'd we'd have a mail we'd have a bunch of different mailing lists for journalists and like again this is where Rob is incredibly effective he's he has Excel sheets and all this kind of stuff done out which generally kind of puzzle me <laughs> um, but so then the the email uh, will go out with a with you know a folder with the tracks maybe they are different folders to different people the DJs will get the WAV files the journalists will get a press pack. Uh, and then we'll, as the weeks go by, and hope the DJs will feed back some of, we have regular guys, guys who tour the world, you know, that are that are, are playing the tunes out, and they'll give you a bit of feedback and say, oh, it's going down really well. Or sometimes even tracks that we haven't signed, we might, like, you know, I'll play them out and, and see how they're feeding back from the crowd and what the reaction is before you decide to, to sign it. Uh, and then a few weeks after that, um... We'll, we'll look to try and get premieres for the tracks. So various websites, you know, you've got like DJ Mag and kind of, we've been lucky. They've actually kind of given us, they've done a few fe kind of features on our releases, which gets us huge reach internationally. Uh, and then other smaller websites uh, and blogs that we work with regularly and they'll do like a, a track premiere. So say for this, there's four tracks in this release and over the last two weeks, a different website has premiered each track. So you're kind of trying to start, get as much exposure on there and get through all the noise yeah. rather than just posting it on our own SoundCloud yeah. and, and then posting it ourselves. You kind of need that extra bit of traction, you know, particularly as we, again, as we are kind of, I guess the label now, the, you know, it's an Irish label, but we're, we're not really in London or in Bristol or in Brighton, you know, yeah. so... We kind of depend a fair bit on that kind of access.
Touchy Subject has had his records played by DJs like Amunit and Giles Peterson. So how important is it for him in promoting his work? Oh man, um, enormously. I think um, that, that sort of um, that sort of recognition from, from a DJ that has so much respect is, um, you know, it's it, it make it, it it kind of um, launches you to a whole new selection of people again. Um, from having a track normally that only gets maybe a couple of thousand hits to suddenly having 50,000 hits. It's not a huge leap, well, it's a huge leap up for me, and it's nothing massive in the scale of how big music can be, but it's, um, it certainly does open you up to getting more gigs, more signings, more interest in general, more people going onto your band camp, getting yourself a, your own list of followers and people that interact with you and want to hear more from you so that's um that really is valuable to have someone um play your music like that in fact i think that's probably one of the main ways to do it in effect i almost don't need to be the big dj myself or anything like that because you let the other people play uh, the music they're already famous or have already got the big gigs and um, it kind of filters through like that and that sort of respect works quite nicely I think because of the nature of it it's mostly I suppose 12 inches but yeah. is it something that you'd think of expanding to albums with artists and you know having more than that or is yeah it's, it's, it's been mentioned selling vinyl at the moment is, is, is pretty risky business um, we've, we've been doing well I think we've sold about four and a half thousand records and we've done about the same number of digital sales um, but at the same time the difference between breaking even and losing money is, is very tight I mean if we press 300 copies we pretty much have to sell almost all of them to break even and pay the artists some money because I mean the, the record might be 10, euro, 10 pounds on, on Juno or one of these record websites but that's not we're, we're getting about half of that and then half from our half comes all the costs and if whatever's left over goes 50-50 between us and the, the artist. Just in the scene that we're in, it's more kind of... It's not really... Yeah, it's, I suppose it's club music. We have we do have producers on our label that are more than capable and, and will be putting out albums. Whether or not it's with us depends on how our... You know, just how it's going financially. It's a big commitment. Each record that comes out is costing a lot of money and then you have to recoup that. So if you're talking about a double vinyl album, it's going to have to have really good artwork. It's maybe have some kind of inner, like an inner photography sheet or, you know, it, it, need, it would need to be more of a package. Yeah. So that's going to be a bigger investment. And then you need to shift those copies and, you know, <laughs> you could be left holding the can. Yeah. And that, you know, one bad, one, one bomber of a release could it might not sink the label but you're going to have to throw a lot of personal money at it then yeah you know and you have other life commitments so yeah you're kind of going release to release really in some ways um 
But like like I said, we're very confident in our producers and I feel that we've done a pretty good job so far and we work hard at it. Thanks so much to Alfred from Rua Sound for his insights and to the artist's touchy subject and TMSV as well. Ruasound.bandcamp.com is the best place to get Rua Sound stuff and we heard tunes from Sully, Touchy Subject, TMSV and the Welfare Remix in this programme. Next week will be the last episode in the series and it'll be about one of the longest running independent labels in Ireland, Limericks, Out and a Limb. This programme is funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee and it's produced by me, Alan Meany. Indie, rock and alternative. 2XM.